the smaller piece. Well, John chapter 14 and verse 27 will also be in John 16 and verse 33. Both speak along the lines of the same subject. And one word for this subject is peace. Peace for the days that we live in. Some some people think that maybe we've gotten to a place where, you know, things are, are changing to, into being so bad that, that, that the peace that we have is not as effective in our lives, but that's not true. We're going to share the powerful peace that the Christian always has and always has access to. You, you know, we could share a message on, on something it's impossible for the Christian to have peace about. It's impossible for the Christian to have peace while we're on this earth. You know, when you, when you think of it in one aspect, Jesus says in, in Matthew 10.34, Think not that I am come to send peace, but a sword. Uh, Jesus was making it clear for all time that he had come to do uh, something that would make it forever impossible on this earth for us to be able to have peace with something. We can't have peace with this world as children of God. God's people will never be okay with all the evils of this earth. Jesus came to seek and to save us. And when He saved us, He saved us from sin. He is saving us from sin. He has saved us out of evil. He saved us out of the prison cell of sin, and He makes us warriors against evil. And and not that we have to go looking for it. There's evil around every corner. And He's made us warriors against it. There's a warfare that's going on all around us concerning evil. It's even going on in our homes. The Bible says that a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Christians are at war with evil. So we have something we're forever opposed to upon this earth. We can have no peace at all as long as we are here in, uh, with the world. And that's a sermon for another night maybe we'll share. But tonight, we're going to look at the peace that we can have. And that we do have. And that we'll have forever. And so let's start maybe by fixing our our minds and our focus on a story that you've probably heard before of the two painters. And they were going to capture peace on canvas. They made a challenge that that who could get the the greatest uh, portraying of peace in a picture they could paint. And so the first man paints the picture of a lake up in the mountains. And man, he did a real good job. You can imagine the, the, the mirror-like reflection on that lake, not a ripple in the water. There wasn't a bird in sight. The, 
There, there wasn't a leaf falling from a tree. That, by the looks of it, there was no motion going on whatsoever. Everything was calm and still on that lake. And, and hey, that's pretty good. I think we all like that. I believe everybody here would like to have a cup of coffee and looking out on a lake like that tomorrow, maybe. You know, I've done that. There was a camp we used to go to, and one of my favorite things about the camp was I'd, I'd, I always bunk with the campers, but I'd get up before them and shower, and I'm done, and, and I'm off to the to the cafeteria. First thing I ask when I get there, I don't have a, I don't have a question for the main office. I, I am to that cafeteria and I ask them what time they open in the morning and what time that vat's going to be full of coffee where it'll, it'll release some coffee to me. And, and it's usually about 6 a.m. they open, about 6.15 the coffee's ready. And this old camp we went to, I'd get my coffee and I'd go sit out on a bench by that water. You know, during, now, now during the day, about, about noon or 1 p.m., man, that water has ripples everywhere. Kids have life jackets on out in a roped area in that water. They're, they're fishing, they're canoeing, they're on the blob. If somebody doesn't know what a blob is, that's this big, huge, inflatable-looking pillow. And, and, and I'll go lay down in the end of that thing, and you sink down in it, and somebody jumps off an elevated platform and hits you, and you jump off in that water. And, and so that water's just busy, and, li- and things are loud all day. But, it, but at sunrise, I'm sitting there with a good cup of coffee. That, that's another standard for camp. They have to have good coffee, full-length basketball court and good coffee. But, but anyway, I uh, sit there with the coffee and... And look out on that lake, and, and that is, it's, it's pretty relaxing, and it's pretty peaceful. And so, first painter did a pretty good job. The second painter painted a roaring waterfall, giant waterfall. I, I've never seen one in person. I've, I've seen them in, on TV or, you know, a video or something like that. And, you know, and I've heard what they sound like. There's nothing like being in person, I'm sure. You can't hear the person next to you and all that good stuff. But a roaring waterfall, he paints. And then this oak limb that goes out over that waterfall. And down toward the end of that oak limb is a nested sparrow. He's close to that waterfall on that limb. And you can imagine the spraying of that fountain kind of getting him in a little bit. You think about the, the sound of that waterfall, and the, but that sparrow is painted in that nest just as calm, cool, and collected as, as that little bird can be. Both artists painted a picture of peace, but the second one gave a higher perception of peace. It well portrays the peace that a Christian has found in Christ while living in this world. Our peace is not some future, out of reach, far away thing that we cannot have right now in some far away place. Peace is here and it's right now for us while we go through our troubles and our trials in an evil world. There is peace for the days that we are in right now. As Jesus met with His disciples, here it is the evening before He was going to go to the cross. 
And he tells them, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus knew that it was going to be difficult days for His disciples ahead. He knew that, that, that they were going to face things like persecution and, and even death for some of them. Some of them were going to be facing death. Other of the, the disciples were going to be knowing that was happening while they were living. Hey, their deepest need... Jesus made sure in some of His last words that He gave to them that it was words of peace. During the trials that they would go through, they would have a deep need in their heart. And that deep need was for peace. They had a deep need for peace in their minds, in their heart, and in their soul. And Jesus, knowing their great need, had a great passion for them to meet their need. And so He says, peace, I leave with you. Later on, the same night, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In the world, there's a ton of trouble. But in Christ, there's more peace. More peace than the trouble. Greater peace than the great trouble. More effect from peace than there is from trouble. You know, this term peace, it has been really downplayed. It has become more shallow in people's thoughts of, of what peace really is as time goes by. Many would define peace as a time when, when the country's absent of war, when the country has no conflict going on with any other country. But you know, when there have been some seasons and some times like that, when things have been as calm as they can possibly be for any length of time, you know, there's still anxiety and frustration. As a matter of fact, it's just still on the rise through, through those times. It just increases. People are still in need of mental care during a time like that. You know, there, there are folks who still want to escape the reality and try to do so by many means, whether it be by pleasure, whether it be by running from one rush to another, maybe alcohol, people try that for, for their frustrations and their problems, maybe drug addiction, maybe crime, maybe violence, and, and hey, those those doing so and going down these avenues, the ages are just getting younger and younger. You know, I, I could have a pity party over some things in my childhood, but, but when I talk to young people today and the things they face, I was, I was carefree compared to them. It's getting younger what people are, uh, the, the age of people and the avenues they're taking with this stuff. What some would call a time of peace reveals no peace at all. 
It's not seen in people with what the world would call peace. There is a, a great need for a peace that works. That's what this world needs. A peace that will work. The kind of peace that Jesus shared with His disciples. The same Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same peace that Jesus told His disciples about. It's the same peace for you and I today. Something else that's the same with us and disciples is trouble. The disciples had troubles, and we have troubles as well. Jesus promises this to us while we're here on this earth. The trouble is going to happen. The world wasn't friendly to Christ. And the world won't be friendly to those who openly are boldly living their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. War is coming for those who live for Jesus. And Jesus has already conquered the world. And by way of our union with Jesus Christ, we're going to have peace through the war. Amen. He gives that to us. And this peace cannot be made or supplied by man. It Peace cannot be created by a circumstance or a setting. But Jesus has made it clear that He is the source for peace. There's no other source for peace. The world's crying out for peace. And peace was in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Peace is our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no other source, there's no other way to get it but by Him. He, he says, peace I leave with you. But then, look how the source is identified after that in verse 27. He says, my peace I give unto you. That word my is huge here. It explains our source for our peace. Our peace is found in Jesus. It is what He is in possession of. It is His. It is what He is. And He gives it to us. As Jesus was soon going away from His disciples, He concentrated on emphasizing the satisfaction of their very deepest need. Jesus says, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Well, what does the world give? Well, we could, we could think of a lot of things, you know, that could go into that list. But, but how, about, how about the fact that Jesus wasn't leaving them houses? He wasn't leaving them land? He wasn't leaving them material possessions or, or blessings for physical needs, though He promised to meet those? But He was leaving them what would be sufficient to them throughout their trials and troubles in life to be able to sustain them. And that was His peace. It's an inner peace that we have. It's a peace of mind, heart and soul. It's the very peace of God. And it's given by God. God is given from Himself to us. There's a big difference 
in the peace of the Lord and the peace of the world. The peace of the world, well, they, they've got the wrong idea. So who cares how they would say you can get it? And the empty promise of the effect they say it's going to have on someone. But the peace that Jesus gives, it begins in grace. It, it cannot be purchased. It cannot be earned or received by certain surroundings or certain circumstances. It's freely given to the undeserving. There is no other source for peace in our lives but from God. And the tragedy is, people do what I did for a long time. And they search for peace in all the wrong places. They search for things they think are going to give that peace. And it's just not there. And, and then the, the greater tragedy is when they don't find it and, 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 and hear about where to get it, they refuse to go to the only one who can give it. It's such a tragedy too, because everyone can have it. Everyone can have peace. And everyone can have peace because of reconciliation. How, how, can we, how can we talk about peace without mentioning reconciliation? Being reconciled to God. We, we can't do it. The peace Jesus gives us, anyone can have. And it's given to anyone who will be reconciled to God. Jesus went about reconciling the world. God, through Jesus, God in Christ, went about reconciling the world unto Himself. Giving peace to those who were at enmity with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So through faith, through faith we have a right standing with God and we come into a place of having peace with God and we can continually enjoy that peace every day. It will keep our hearts and minds. It will, it will guard us and it will protect us, this peace will, through Christ Jesus. And this is a peace that the world can never give. The world has no concept of this peace that Jesus gives. You know, it's been said, and it's pretty easy to believe, that, that when there's a storm that comes upon the sea, no matter how high the waves get, no, no matter how, how rough the winds are, you go down toward the bottom of that sea and it's still and it's quiet and you don't even know what's going on up there. Someone in the military who spent a lot of time on a submarine said that, that he was out to water and, and they would get caught in a storm and they would just submerge in that submarine and they would go down toward the bottom of the sea and they would stay there until the storm storm lifted, the storm cleared, and then they would come back and they would go. They, they would have to be told that the storm is gone while they're down there. It was peace. 
It was calm and it was quiet. It's something like that when the person has the peace living in their lives, active in their lives, that Jesus gives us, even through the storms. While the storms rage on in this world, and they're coming, just like the waves crashing into the shore, the storms are coming, but deep inside is a quiet, calm contentment, an inner peace, and that inner peace can't be disturbed by the storms of life. Not that peace that Jesus gives. It can't be disturbed. The Bible says in Isaiah, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. We rob ourselves of the amazing experience of God's peace when we fix our heart, our minds, our affections on the things of this earth rather than the things of God. Sometimes we misplace our focus. Sometimes we misplace our feelings. Sometimes we misplace where, where we, we put such importance. And we miss the experience of that peace. Our attention must be upon the Lord. And looking to Him, the realization and the experience of this peace, it's going to be experienced by fellowship with Jesus Christ. When we walk with Jesus Christ, we have the experience of His peace. Jesus says, those things that I have spoken unto you, that in me, you might have peace. Paul says, Christ is our peace. In Jesus, we find peace. As we dwell in fellowship with Jesus, we abide in His peace. Right here in John 14, again, in verse 23. Jesus says, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. The Lord loves us and in return, by us obeying his will, seeking his will, what glorifies him, what he wants and walking with him, it's in this walk that we identify this peace. It's in this walk that we come to the realization, a personal realization in our lives of, yeah, this is what Jesus was saying to His disciples. What we're able to experience by the grace of God, we know that that peace wasn't just for the disciples. It's something that we are experiencing in our lives. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Claim that, child of God. Let God speak that to your heart tonight. Because that's for you, and that's for me too. In return, let us love Him by obeying His will, walking in His will, and realize this peace that Jesus is speaking of. This, and what we're talking about, it can't be found outside of God. 
It can't be found anywhere else in this world. Everyone, everywhere can have it though. By just simply accepting the way God has made it available. Christ will be the Lord, He will be the Savior, and He will be the peace of your life when you know Him. For all who come to Him. And hey, that's what everyone needs. In Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 20, it says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. God says, there is no peace to the wicked. You know, I I remember looking up that word years ago. And all it takes to qualify, you know, I kind of wanted to think, I've, I've never been one of those in that category. But I was. Because all it takes to qualify as wicked is to be unjustified. And to be unjustified is to be unsaved. To not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so there is no peace for the wicked. There is no peace for the unsaved. The unreconciled sinner is a fugitive on the run from God. They are like the troubled waters of the sea. And they have no rest and they have no peace. But praise God, there are some other words in Isaiah that we find in Isaiah that we can be thankful for, that gives hope to everyone. I, I left being one of the wicked and by the grace of God became one of the saints of God by believing in Jesus Christ. And there is hope for everyone to be able to leave that state and to become a child of God. And so in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, here's, the, here's what we can thank, be thankful for on behalf of every soul, for every unsaved soul. It says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That doesn't mean our sins are going to be washed and sins made okay, of course. But that means the sinner is cleansed. That means the sinner is washed and and made to be white as snow accepted by Jesus Christ. We are going to have a bright robe of righteousness when we, when we go to be with the Lord one day. We're going to be clothed appropriately to be with our Lord because He's going to dress us in that robe. We, we drop the old, the old grave clothes of, of, of sin with, with the cobwebs and we drop that and he's, He gives us that robe of righteousness be, be sure you're wearing the right clothes one day when you stand before the Lord. He, if you've trusted Him, He's got that robe for you and He's given it to you. Anyone can know this peace also. No, no matter what. No, no matter who you are. Because no one is going to be rejected from being reconciled. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. And he, he won't hop over anybody, skip anyone. He'll save anyone who will trust Him as Lord and Savior. Reconciled, making peace with God. 
I, I keep talking about the end of 2 Corinthians 5 there. That, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. What a wonderful swap. Our sin for His righteousness, and the righteousness makes us acceptable to heaven. That's peace with God. And then while we're left here on this earth, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, build a garrison around your heart. Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What a perfect peace this is. It's Jesus' peace, so it's perfect peace. He gives us perfect peace. Jesus spoke it, He said it, He promised it, and He has given it. And He will give it tonight to anyone who doesn't have it. Do you have peace tonight? Do you have that peace tonight? When we see we're a sinner, and Jesus Christ is Savior, and He substituted in our place on the cross at Calvary, Faith and repentance. Couple those those together. At the same time. Faith and repentance. And the Prince of Peace is your Lord and Savior. Trusting in Jesus as Savior, you can have this peace with God. We're not born with it. We don't have it until we've been born again. I, I, love, I love those scriptures in John 3. You must be born again. I loved hearing that about Brother David Meyer's sister. I don't know who wrote it up, but they, they talked about all kinds of wonderful, wonderful qualities in that woman. But, but the best thing was she was born again in Jesus Christ. So what a wonderful service it was. What a wonderful service it is tonight. And, and even greater, if someone will be born again, realizing none of us are born right the first time. Somebody had that written on a bumper sticker, and one of my preacher friends, he, he, he broke the law. He sped in his truck just to catch up to him and roll his window down. Say, you were, the, this bumper sticker said, I was born right the first time. And he said, no, no, sir. They're driving on the highway. No, sir, you must be born again. Thank God for that urgency and that passion that, that someone would realize, wow, I really think I have been depending upon, upon myself. I really think I have measured myself to other people, and I think I'm pretty good, and I think God's, you know, how could God turn me away with other people like this? And, 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 and with some... With some, look, the, the main sin can be our own self-righteousness or pride. That's, that's the testimony of a, of a wonderful woman that I, that I've, that I met and, and that I know through a, a member of the church. And they said, I realized it was my pride that I thought I was good enough. And that right there convicted me and made me realize that I needed to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Oh, what peace you'll have when you get born again. And then once we are, we get to walk in fellowship with God in these these days we live in right here, right now.
with His peace, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. We're going to have troubles. We're going to have trials. We're not going to like them. But we have something within us that all these troubles and trials, they can't disturb. It might hit us on the surface for a minute, but what God's put down deep, it's there to stay. Praise the Lord for His peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Amen, Lord. You did it. You gave it to the children of God. If you don't have that tonight, please, please trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I bring this up because I think it's so common. And someone walked this aisle some years ago and they said they were exhausted with trying to convince themselves that they were saved. They knew a profession they had made before was false. They knew that they only got wet in the baptistry and it wasn't a true picture of anything. But they just, but the delay went on because they kept trying to tell themselves they're okay. There's a problem if we have to tell ourselves that, because my Bible tells me that God tells our hearts that and makes it known that we're His children. Thank God for His peace. Let us pray. Lord God in heaven, Father, we bow before You tonight, and we thank You for the words of our Lord and Savior. We thank You that we know that they're not just for the disciples, in the immediate writing to them, but they're for all your children, Lord. And we don't just think that we experience your peace in our lives. It can be unexplainable in some ways, but I thank you for what you've given us, that we can walk in your peace and that we can share your peace with others. I thank you for those I saw with it when I was lost and didn't have it. And I know you drew me to your saving grace through those that were walking with the peace of God. And Lord, I, I pray for it for everyone tonight. Lord, I can't imagine just by the things I know. There are things that, that, are, that are not known that people are dealing with and suffering through. And Lord, I pray for your peace to overwhelm them and to comfort their hearts and sustain them that they would continue to live for your glory through the trouble, through the trial, through the storm to be able to look to you, to praise you and to continue on serving you. Thank you for that strength. Thank you for that peace, Lord. And we pray all of these things tonight in the only name that we can come to you in. The name above all names, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If everyone could please stand. We're going to have a time of invitation.